Hey there. Welcome to 7th Heaven, a lesbian recap. I'm Lindsay, and I'm joined by my co-host and real-life partner, Carling. We're diving into the 90s hit drama through today's lens. Get ready for our off-the-cuff commentary and peeling back the layers of the Camden family. We'll tackle everything from family rules, life lessons, and 90s fashion. Join us every week for a light-hearted queer perspective and a trip down memory lane. Whether you're a die-hard fan or new to the show, this recap is for you. So find us anywhere you get your podcasts at 7th Heaven, a lesbian recap. I lost a pretty big chunk off the top of my head, broken a lot of the bones in my face, my collarbone. I broke my C2, 5, 6, and 7 vertebrae. Hey, Carling. How's it going? It's going. How are you? Happy Easter. Happy Easter to you. (laughs) I was just saying, not enough people say happy Easter. Well, we're going to now. Why can't I hear us? Because we can... Oh, what did you do? I just clicked this button. I was going to say, we can never hear ourselves. We just wear these for fun. Whoa. Oh, shit. Spilled water in my clawfish. Cloth. <laughs> Your clawfish. That's what it is. It's a closet <laughs> office. It's a clawfish. Our clostorting. <laughs> like recording studio, but closet. Clicording. Clicording studio. I hate it. All right, fine. Your closet. No. Clawfish? Lord help me. I feel tired and hungover today, but like I haven't, I wasn't drunk. I'm just like really, I think it's the weather. <clears throat> Do we need to have an intervention right here in this clawfish? Really? <laughs> My parents come out. <laughs> I'm like, mom, what are you doing here? <laughs> I wouldn't invite them. <laughs> um, hello. <laughs> hello. This is our first episode of year two (gasps) (laughs) michelle hi we're trying this our our intro is a little bit all over the place we are all over the place we just had to stop and delete most of what we've just talked about because (laughs) it was not making any sense (laughs) it wasn't making any sense it wasn't appropriate and it wasn't like cohesive at all yeah i think we've had too much sugar Yes. Yeah. And not I, enough actual food. <laughs> yeah. I try really hard not to eat sugar. Like, yeah. Because it just sends me into like a binge. Yeah. And I've had probably like enough sugar. Yeah. To like keep me fermented. No. Do you use sugar to ferment things? No. Oh. That's salt. You don't use salt to ferment things. You use salt to preserve things. Oh, okay. We're going to call Lindsay here who works in the kitchen. Anyway. My it's God. not getting any better. <laughs> okay. We're trying to keep the part where we talked about our live. We went on Instagram live last week. And yes. it was so much fun. So if you are wondering what the heck we're talking about, you can go to our Instagram at I did not sign up for this dot podcast and you can check out our live. It's 65 minutes. Mm-hmm. And we talked to four incredible past guests. Yes. It was so much fun. Yeah. I want to do that more often. Like just get updates from our past guests too. on live. I think that's such a good idea. Instead of like doing like a full like podcast episode. Yeah. Just kind of like chat with them for a little while about what's going on in their lives. And yeah. 
Because all of our guests, like, literally have things changing, like, all the time. Yeah. And updating and things like that. So. Yeah. Once a month, let's do it. That is us. How was your week? Eh. Yeah. Meh. Yeah. Meh. <laughs> Down this week for sure. We should have a segment called, if your week was a sound, what would it be? <laughs> <laughs> or like that slide. So where it's like. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Just a down week. Just like feeling sad and tired. Very tired. Very like. It's so, I find it interesting. Like, no, don't give a judgy face. But like leading the week before a holiday. Yes your whole family kind of goes into like a bit of a downturn. Yeah. And I think that's like, that's grief. Yeah. It's the, the interesting part is, is that we're not like, we're literally not sitting there being like, okay, Easter's coming up. Your dad is your dead. Dad. <laughs> we're yeah. doing it without your dad again. Like that, those conversations aren't happening, but it's literally like this dark cloud that comes in and we're all feeling crappy and everyone's fighting and everyone's, you know, edgy. And then we realize like, oh, it's because yeah, it's almost Easter. Right. And I don't know. I'm getting real tired of it. Yeah. I gotta say, I, we used to celebrate holidays like really big and have, and I mean, it doesn't help with the pandemic, like not being able to have people over. I've always enjoyed cooking for like big groups of people and sharing my food and things like that. And now you just have me. Yeah. Sorry. (laughs) <laughs> uh honestly sometimes it's it's better <laughs> yeah. like oh shoot it's a pandemic no just like the pressure is yeah. off a little bit right and uh but it is hard when you sort of like build these traditions with people yeah and you know and then and then you... every part of the tradition that you're now doing by yourself all you yeah. think about is like how you used to do it with your partner and, you know, make it fun and everything yeah. for the kids. And so we still did the Easter egg hunt this morning and the kids got their Easter baskets and um, it was fun. But, yeah. You know, five kids versus Easter eggs, like the hunt goes pretty fast. Like it's over within yeah. like <laughs> a minute. Do you minute. have it like color coordinated? Like how do you make sure that all the kids get equal amounts? Uh, this is the first year I actually filled plastic Easter eggs. I yeah. usually just do like foil eggs everywhere. Um, so I bought five packs from the dollar store that all had equal amounts in them. And then they each got a gold egg and yeah. the gold egg had money in it. Um, where's I don't, my, where's my gold egg? Oh, <laughs> I haven't found it yet. Well, you got to keep looking. <laughs> Might take you a couple weeks to find it. I'm a very good hider. Um, <laughs> so, um, so yeah, they all ran around and collected their eggs. Um, the only person that cared about them being even was Julia. Yeah. Um, but I think they got enough. Like, yeah. one didn't get a ton and one got almost done. They almost all got the same amount. So it was fine. It worked out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my girlfriend, Lindsay. How was your week? It was fine. <laughs> but I was just going to say, um, she had to work all weekend. Mm-hmm. And so we both had Friday off. And so we decided to do something Eastery with her kiddos on Friday. I know. I saw that. I thought it was so cute. Yeah. So, like, I showed up with Starbucks, Tim Hortons, and before the kids even knew I was there, Mm. I was, like, covert. And I got those same plastic Easter eggs, and I, like, filled them with candies. Yeah. And then I hid them. Nice. She only has two kids, but then I... So I picked a yellow and a blue. Okay. Yeah. 
And then, like, I was like, okay, kid one, do you want yellow or blue? And then the other one got the other one. Did and you then, hide them in the house or outside? I hid them. <clears throat> so how would I covertly hide them in the house while they were in the house? <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> I don't know, but I would love to see a video of that. Yeah, of that. maybe, maybe You're next like, year we'll see like, Up against the wall. <laughs> no, I just stuck to the front yard. Yes. Um, and, like, hid them around. And I thought was it was fun. so funny that she posted a picture. And it's like, the Easter Bunny came. And it was literally like a bag of rabbit's feet beside the dog. And I was like, oh, the Easter Bunny came and then you killed it? Yeah. So I thought, <laughs> it was, I think, no, it's still funny, but it was funny in my head. I got her dog a bag of bunny feet. Oh, don't say bunny. That makes it even rabbit worse. Rabbit feet. Rabbit. I don't. I'd but ra- like, do you have, like. No, it's just, just dried rabbit feet. Dried rabbit feet. Oh, furry. Oof. Yeah. And I was like, is this funny? And she's like, I think it's funny. <laughs> and her like kids read it. And I, I don't know if they realized they were real or if it was just like a funny joke. Is this funny? But then, <laughs> and then she's like, I think it's funny. But then her dog didn't want it. Her dog oh, was like, what the heck is this? I will not eat the Easter bunny so on I this bro- <laughs> holy of days. How dare you? So then I brought it home. My dogs were savages. Really? Yeah. They were like ripping the fur off and like curling. There was fur on them? Yes. It's like a furry rabbit foot. (gasps) Like how you get keychains. Shut up. Yeah. And it just sounded like chicken wings. Like they were just like crunch, crunch, crunch. Like. Even your crunch. Crunch. (laughs) That's a sound they made. Crunch. Crunch. C R O N C H. Um, I'm grossed out by that. Yeah, it was pretty gross. I didn't anticipate how gross it would be to like pick them up out of the bag and like give them. I would just chuck the bag in the yard and been like, fight over it, <laughs> eat the bag. I don't yeah. care. <laughs> yeah, it was intense. I just thought that they would be like deferred, like more like a raw hide bone. Oh yeah, no, no. It was just literally like just a chopped up rabbit foot. <laughs> uh, trigger Somehow warning. I'm not sure this intro is any better oh, than I Oh, <laughs> no. It's true. We've really gone off the rails. We have. Okay. I do feel today's like weird, though. Today's weird. Like it's like gloomy. I'm tired. It's like snowing all of a sudden. It, yeah. Like I don't, what's happening? I don't know. I don't know either, but. And there's like. Our COVID numbers are rising again, and that's yeah. kind of crazy. That's freaking me out a little bit. Yeah, there's like a gloom that's like moved in today. Yes. I had to have a nap while you put the ham in the oven. <laughs> I like come over here to help, and then I'm like, is yeah. it okay if I just uh, close my eyes real quick? And then I told all the kids that you were still working, and then they came in and you were laying in the bed, and they're like, <laughs> I could be working for my like, phone. She was manifesting. I, yes. Yes, girl. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta manifest. I do. Okay, so here's a funny thing funny. I got an app. That is like words of affirmation. Mm-hmm. And every time I open my phone, it's a new one. I hate that so much. I know. But I like it. I don't know. I'm giving <laughs> it a try. But like I just opened my phone and said, I accept that I can't change other people, but I can change my response. Wow. And I know. And sometimes like, but then sometimes. So what's another one? Today, I will be happy, confident, and successful. Confident? Confident. Or competent. I mean both. You said confident. <laughs> um, and I am positive. I am loving. But every now and then, and I don't know what setting I hit, 
it says, my baby will come at the right time. And I'm like, okay, I didn't. What? Gross. I don't. That's not for me. <laughs> or then like, my heart tells me I'm a good mama. And I'm like, mm, uh, read the room read the affirmations. Room. Yeah. Come on now. Gross. I think it's so funny that you know how much I hate words of affirmation and yet yeah. you send me TikToks <laughs> all the time. I'm like, are you trying to end our friendship right now? What's happening? <laughs> and then I told you that if you keep doing that, I'm every time you see me, I'm going to give you a new gift because yeah. you hate getting gifts. Yeah, it makes me uncomfortable. We're going to have like... We know what our love languages are or aren't. And instead of playing to the ones that we know yeah. we love, we're going to do the opposite. <laughs> yeah. You folks are going to listen to the slow unwinding yes. of our friendship. <laughs> I just send them to you because I think even if you hate them, do they make sense and like yes, tickle inspire you? Ew. Tickle your inspiration Ew. bone. <laughs> Oh, I'm so glad they didn't have to see the hand motion that you were just doing when you said that. I'll stop. I'll stop. Okay, before we get into the story, though, I do want to say, if you like this podcast, or if you don't, but you like me and Michelle. I really don't think they're like this podcast. (laughs) Or if you don't, or you're unsure, but you like me and Michelle, consider subscribing to our Patreon. Yeah. So it's as little as $5 a month, and we've got right now over 27 bonus episodes. Mm -hmm. I was going to say they're ad-free. Currently, they're all ad-free, but they will always be ad-free. And so, and they're sort of like our um, sort of bigger, juicier, Mm -hmm. personal stories. Uncensored. Uncensored, yes. They are uncensored, and we kind of just talk about whatever we want. Yep. And, I don't know, people seem to like it. We have lots of tea over there. Yeah. And if you're like, I don't care about that, but I still want to support you, well, do it anyway. Just join our Patreon. <laughs> I think that we should start making up our own ads and then and then yeah. eventually yeah. they'll want us yeah. to just, they'll just want to give us money. I think that's exactly how this works. <laughs> yeah. Okay, guys, let's get into the episode. Bye. Bye. Hey, Hayden. Hey, how's it going? Good. How are you? Oh, not too shabby. Good. Happy Sunday. Yeah, happy Sunday. I have to say, I love your accent so much. Oh, boy. I didn't think I had one. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, I don't know. Like, it sounds super Southern. I'm into it. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. I actually never have uh, gotten out one before. I uh, Kind of a funny story. Whenever I was getting my equipment and stuff set up, because uh, the state of Illinois, we have this program called Illinois Assistive Technology Program. And uh, when they were getting me all set up for school, they have this thing called Dragon Naturally Speaking, which is how I use the voice controls on my computer. Mm-hmm. And uh, when the lady came down to set it all up for me, she's like, oh, you speak really well and you don't really have any sort of accent. According to uh, the guy who made Dragon must have been from the Midwest because <laughs> everybody who I do this for, when they're from the Midwest, they have no issues. The computer understands them fine. Oh, but whenever you go anywhere else, they it has issues here and there. But so yeah, I thought I thought us Midwesterners are the ones who didn't have an accent. So oh, <laughs> that's funny. Well, oh, that's from funny, yeah. from all the way up here in Canada, it sounds like you've got a bit of an accent, oh, and I like it. Well. Howdy, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> um, awesome. Well, why don't we dive right in? Can you tell us, maybe introduce yourself, tell us who you are, how old you are, and where you live? Yeah. Um, well, my name's Hayden Kneiser. Uh, 
I am, I just turned 22, and I live in Toledo, Illinois, little old Toledo. Oh, wow. My gosh, you're just a baby. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and you said you're married. Yeah, it was. That's uh, like, is that young for, like, is, or in the area that you live, is that pretty common for people to get married that young? I mean, it's not uncommon, but it's, uh, you know, pretty standard for our little town. <laughs> yeah. Now, like, Michelle, you got married at 24? Uh, yeah, 24, yeah. And now when I look at a 24-year-old, I'm like, how are you old enough to get married? <laughs> like, I, we're in our mid to late 30s, yeah, so yeah. we oh, feel, yeah. like, well, ancient. If you want to be more surprised, my third anniversary is this October, so. Oh, my God. Wow. Where did you and your wife meet? Well, we, uh, I think we've kind of known about each other, at least, for most of our lives, but. Uh, I was a freshman when she was a junior in high school, and we kind of talked to hung out then. And then one day, I just was walking to golf practice, and she was a cheerleading practice. The her senior year, being the big captain, I was like, "Hey, we should go out sometime." And I think two days later, we went bowling, and that was that. We're married. Oh, that's so sweet. That's really sweet. <laughs> oh, that's really cute. Um, awesome. Well, we found you, uh, through another person that we interviewed. Um, I, I feel like you guys Aaron. either, hmm? Aaron, Aaron. Yeah. I feel like you guys commented on each other's post and yeah. I was like, I was like, who's this guy? <laughs> yeah. Aaron. And, uh, she was like one of the first people that I found after uh, my accent, when I got on social media, I was finally able to use my phone, you know, and I was just kind of looking, you know, through everybody trying to, I think I followed the hashtag spinal cord injury or something like that and yep. she popped up and so I uh you know became it, honestly and I, I think Aaron feels the same way but I think we're pretty good friends she's probably my best wheelchair pal at least oh, wow that's, so nice. that's really nice it's so nice that there's a community like you know so many people who have injuries or illnesses or you know whatever kind of phase of life they're in you can kind of find your people right yeah so when I was uh I went for my first checkup after my uh, injury going back to Indianapolis where my uh, where I was in rehab and everything like that. And my occupational therapist that was there had a uh, another patient, I guess, who was of the similar age to me. And he was, his injury had only been like a year or two before mine. And so he had a little bit of experience. At, at my first checkup, she was like, hey, you guys should meet up for lunch or something before you come in and see the doctor. So, uh, I met up and just like talking to him kind of learned some new tricks because I didn't really have any function of my arms or anything at that time. I hadn't used, I'd never even really heard of the whole tenodesis deal uh, that us, you know, with a spinal cord injury, a lot of us use to um, pick things up. And I mean, I use it mainly for eating. So I just watching him made within a month of, or which it within weeks of, seeing him, you know, eat and talking to him and stuff, I was learning new tricks to help myself out. So Wow, oh, that's so great. So can you tell us a bit about how did you get your spinal cord injury? Yeah, yeah. So it was actually move in day my sophomore year at Indiana State, uh, when uh, my wife and I were in school and her parents and sister came and picked us up on their way through because we were going to Pittsburgh. Uh, our big things going to Chicago Cubs baseball games. And so uh, her dad actually wanted to, it was kind of a, a family goal, but, you know, between him and my wife and I, we all wanted to go to like every major league baseball stadium. And so this is just, you know, next stop on the list. And, uh, 
we had left that Friday, like late afternoon, and we had made it maybe, I don't know, an hour about our trip. We were, you know, hanging out, having a good old time, and I had actually laid down to sleep, uh, so I laid my chair back and everything, and um, what had happened was it was starting to get dark out, and there was a semi ahead of us. There was an accident, like a minor accident, a little bit ahead of us that uh, um, cars were kind of stopped for, but to my knowledge, the semi didn't have its lights on at that time. Oh, Maybe shoot. it wasn't quite dark enough to, you know, inhibit him to do so, I guess. Mm-hmm. But uh, they didn't have their lights off. And so my father-in-law didn't um, see them, I don't think. And so uh, he had swerved to the right. And we actually, half the driver's side of the van went underneath the semi. Oh, um, my God. We lost my father-in-law in the accident. Oh, and, I'm so sorry. Um, yeah. And I, uh, luckily I was laid back in my seat asleep because um, the top of the van came down on top of my head. And so I was actually scalped. I, I lost a pretty big chunk off the top of my head and broken a lot of the bones in my face, my collarbone, and then I broke my C2 five, six, and seven vertebrae in my neck, then like had collapsed lungs, things like that. Oh and gosh. so I had to be airlifted to Indianapolis. Basically my C5, like right in the middle of my neck, uh, that vertebrae was the worst one because they said it was practically dust. So they oh, opened wow. me up in the front and scooped out all the bones that were there. And then they replaced it with a fake vertebrae in my neck when they flipped me around and fused my spine back together. Wow. And so, sorry, were there four of you in the vehicle? Um, yes. Because your mother-in-law and your wife? Five. 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 It was my father-in-law, mother-in-law, me, my wife, and my sister-in-law was, uh, one of my sister-in-laws were sitting in the back. Wow. And so did they sustain any major injuries as well? No, just me and my father-in-law. Wow. Wow. So they, were they in the back of the van? Um, well, my uh, wife and I were in the middle. My mother-in-law was in the passenger seat and then my sister-in-law was laying down in the back. Oh, wow. Um, and so just the left side of the van went underneath the semi, to my knowledge. Yeah. Because my wife, actually, she was awake through the whole thing and climbed out of the vehicle. And then I think my mother-in-law came, too. And then my sister-in-law had to be taken out of the uh, back windshield of the van. My God. Wow. And so were you, did you remain unconscious? Like, did you go from sleeping to unconscious? Or do you remember any part of that? I don't remember anything for the first couple of days. Because yeah. it happened on a Friday night, and then, uh, so like Friday at 8 o'clock or so, and then they didn't do my, they actually, I was stable, they, uh, uh, after they, you know, took care of me and everything, they um, did my surgery, I think, at like 8 the following morning, um, to to do my spinal fusion at least, and then the following Wednesday, they did um, facial reconstruction, um, then my tracheotomy. So they put the trach in uh, so that I could breathe. And then I believe I woke up after that. Do you remember waking up and being like, Hey, what, what happened here? Yeah, a little bit. I, I remember it's kind of weird. I remember hearing things for a little while. Like I remember like some family members coming to visit me, like talking to my wife, mm-hmm. but I don't remember seeing them for some time after when I woke up, my the first thing I remember was my wife telling me that we were in an accident and we had lost my father-in-law. And uh, 
it's kind of funny to to go on a more positive note for a second. I don't remember this part, but my favorite story to tell is my wife was there in the in the room and it was like a follow up. My spinal surgeon came to visit me and he saw that my wife had put up our engagement photos because we had gotten engaged that April. Oh. And um he saw the engagement photos. He's like, Oh, Hayden, when are you getting married? And I said, As soon as I get out of this place. Oh. So we got engaged in April. Uh, and then we had already, I mean, we paid for a deposit and all that stuff for, um, like the, for our reception and all that. We basically paid for our wedding already. Mm. So we had our wedding planned and we actually had it this current, this year's January, but we got married two days after I got home from rehab in our living room. Oh, wow. Yeah. So we did that, but we just had our reception this year, so. I can't imagine just like the chaos of the accident, like at the, you know, when it happened, right? Just your your mother-in-law and your wife and your sister-in-law just trying to figure out what's going on, you know, them remaining conscious during it. It's just, I don't know, it's such a scary thing to picture. Yeah. 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 The uh, state trooper who was there on the scene that night, like after helping them, I think they told my uh, wife and mother-in-law, like I, I honestly had no thoughts of anybody even surviving this accident from the looks of it. Wow. I mean, the van was, it's complete. It was completely demolished. I've seen pictures and it's crazy. Wow. Was the semi-driver in the vehicle? Yeah. Yeah. Traffic was stopped and everything. Right. Do you remember what the prognosis was when you were first admitted? Like, did they know right away that it was a spinal cord injury? Did they say that you would be a quadriplegic or a paraplegic? Well, that's another kind of funny thing. Nobody really liked to tell me anything at the beginning. Yeah. Uh, my my wife was one of the few people that like never, you know, lied to me or anything like that. I would ask nurses all the time, like, hey, so do you think I'm going to walk again or what's the deal? Because every time people came, I don't know if they just didn't know or if they were trying to keep me in the dark or something to keep me positive because uh, pretty much everybody knew I wasn't going to walk. But nurses couldn't, they were like, I'm not going to say anything, basically, because they didn't want to get themselves in trouble or yeah. give me false hope. But they also didn't want to give me, you know, bad news either. Yeah. Uh, I didn't really know. I was honestly under the impression for quite some time. I was like, oh, yeah, this is just a pretty minor injury. I'm going to walk out of here, blah, blah, blah. Wow. Uh, but uh, it finally, like I said, my, my wife kept things pretty real. Everything she knew, she told me. But it took until I got to my first day at rehab, the doctor came in and was like, Hey, so we're going to do this old test. And they did like soft touches, what they call it, where they just kind of like, she poked me with a, uh, like needle in a certain places to tell where I could feel that kind of thing. And then they did the rectal test, which basically she just stuck her thumb up my butt and was like, all right, tell me when you feel it. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. And so luckily I could feel I'm an incomplete injury. So I could feel lots and she's like, well, it's good that you can feel things. And with the motion you have now, like I would say you're probably never going to walk again. I I can't say without a doubt, but I mean, you need to keep it real. And so I just kind of stood there. Well, I didn't stand there. I sat sat there kind of blank faced and my wife was like, kind of look at me and we both just looked at each other. And I don't think we ever cried nothing. And the doctor's like, well, this is very unusual because normally people your age, like, they just start crying or something like, yeah, I expect yeah. to get at least some kind of reaction. I was like, I don't know. I mean, what can I do about it now? I mean, 
do what I can to get better. And yeah, you know. and you you would have been nineteen. Yeah, I was nineteen at the time. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So how long were you in the hospital and in the rehab for? In the hospital for ten weeks, and then I, they gave me three weeks of rehab. I was basically in rehab long enough for my wife to learn how to take care of me, and then they sent me on my way because I was on my parents' insurance at the beginning, but they didn't have very good insurance on me, uh, just right. kind of preventative care. So yeah, um, for the first couple weeks, it was like a fight because I was going to school in Indiana, but I my permanent address is in Illinois, so neither state wanted to claim me for <sighs> Medicaid purposes. So oh, no. uh, once I finally got on Medicaid, they you know took care of me, tried to get me to rehab and everything but since it was medicaid they would only pay for the minimum which was three weeks so wow i guess i got three weeks for my wife to learn how to you know pick me up plop me in bed get me dressed and take care of all other issues so did that cover any did you have help getting coverage for like a wheelchair a lift assist any specialized equipment yeah luckily um when i i was on medicaid when i was in rehab because that's when they did all the exams for those things and so I got my wheelchair paid for and I got a Hoyer lift, but we'd never really, after maybe a month, once we got home, we didn't really use the Hoyer lift. My uh, wife would just, I mean, she just picks me up and plops me in bed. Yeah. So, <laughs> so she got real strong. Gosh, like, yeah, she's must have, must have yeah, guns. Little, yeah. <laughs> little 100 pound Shana picks up 160 pound me and throws me in bed. So. Oh my God. Wow. Yeah. They should have a program where like the partners of spinal cord injuries get like free CrossFit. <laughs> To like, yeah. to like get strong enough. <laughs> they should, yeah. Did you feel like, um, I mean, we've run into this quite a few times with people we've interviewed that have had injuries living in the States and they have to fight for, you know, the rehab, the OT things like, or the physical therapy, things like that. And um, I mean, we don't really experience that in Canada because healthcare of course is universal and, yeah. and um, so I, I couldn't imagine being in that position where it's like, okay, well, I only have three weeks. Um, not, I, I could definitely use more, but yeah. this is all I get. Right. So did you feel that you needed more time at the rehab or that you were kind of ready to go home? I, mentally, my wife and I are both definitely ready to go home. Like yeah. I told him, I told him that I wanted to be home by Halloween because that was my favorite holiday. And that's all I want to do is go home and celebrate Halloween. So, Aww. I mean, we got home, we got home the 24th. So a week in advance, and then I got married on the twenty sixth, and wow. all that stuff. But uh, yeah, so I probably could have used more rehab. But after I think I had like maybe two weeks uh, break at home, and then we started going to physical and occupational therapy twice a week mm. for the longest time, and I think that kind of did the trick. It, it felt very useless at first because all they wanted me to do was. I was like sitting on the edge of a mat and trying to learn my balance and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. I didn't think it would really help me anything. Cause I, I joked with them that I felt like a Jenga tower. Cause they basically were just setting my shoulders where they wanted my torso to be. And then it would be me falling over immediately. But after a while I learned and I was sitting up on my own, but, uh, I, like I said, I never really got the chance to fight. For more when I was in Indianapolis and right. I was stressed about so many other things. We had so many other things going on in our mind, you know, with my father-in-law, but then, mm. like I said, from, uh, August 17th to, uh, September 1st, uh, I had just from my surgeries and from the hospital stay, I got, uh, $1.2 million in debt. 
Uh, what? Oh my god! Yeah. Like your insurance didn't cover it? My, like I said, I was on preventative services, uh, so basically it covered Tylenol, which is about nine hundred dollars. What? Oh my god! So yeah. how? How did like I don't? I'm speechless. Like, how do you even process that? Like, do you still owe it today? Like, nobody just has a million dollars. Luckily, they have written off a portion of it. Um, I'm getting kind of lucky because being 19, I was like, there's no way I'm going to pay my debts to all these people, you know. But luckily, like I said, they've written off a lot of it. Like, uh, I know, like. $875,000 $875,000 was just recently written off. So we're in the right direction now. But um, like, what was the, what was the alternative? Like they couldn't just send you home. Yeah. yeah. Like you needed all of that, all of that surgery, all the surgeries and medication and everything. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of wow. joked with them uh, at the beginning after I had received all those bills and things that if I would have known that uh, I was going to get those bills that, I would have told him the night of, no one ever gave me the, the option to just go home. I would have been fine, you know? Yeah. <laughs> just figure it out from home. But like yeah, the, been all right. the thought of like, you know, you going to school and then you're probably, um, you know, planning on going a little bit into debt with student loans or things like that. But then to have this accident and then, I mean, you don't even have a chance. Like who, nobody has that money, you know? So to... Yeah. To be able to then pay it off, I mean, you'd be in debt for the rest of your life. Yeah, I uh, that was kind of my fear. Uh, luckily, as far as school goes, at least, uh, I had some of my loans kind of written off for that since I was on, or since I they declared me permanently disabled and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So mm-hmm. that's cool. And the state of Illinois is actually paying for me to get my degree. Oh, um, wow. Yeah, so I've been going to a community college, get, getting an associates at this time. But uh, I actually recently lucked into uh, a job doing what I'm going to school for. That's um, great. So what kind of job is it? What were you going to school for? Or are you going to school for? Yeah. Well, originally I was going to Indiana State. I was going for mechanical engineering. Mm-hmm. Um, but I decided that I was just ready to work. And so I switched over to an associates program and getting associates in AutoCAD, so drafting. Oh, yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. And so I just got a job as a drafter at a place called Stevens over uh, in a town near me. Good. Everybody That's say awesome. hi to my wife. She's walking through the room. Oh, hey. <laughs> <laughs> she tried to be sneaky. Oh. <laughs> so, uh, are you able to work from home then, of course, like, I guess, between COVID and everything? Not at the time being. I'm doing like a lot of training, learning because. With drafting, every company has their own preferences on how they like their drawings. I'm doing cabinetry, and so it's been a learning process as far as that goes. Mm -hmm. But as soon as I get uh, settled in, they will let me work maybe two days a week from home if I want to. But for a while, I probably won't. I have so many questions. It's going to be difficult. (laughs) And so when you were first in the hospital and going through rehab, what kind of function did you have with like your legs, arms, and then has it improved since? Originally in the hospital, I was, they said I was in spinal shock. So like from, I couldn't move anything from my shoulders down. It was kind of just all neck. And uh, I couldn't even lip any words because like I said, I had facial reconstruction surgery my whole right. 
there's a huge scar in the roof of my mouth. They did my entire reconstruction through the roof of my mouth. That's incredible. Um, Yeah, but my jaws are all, were basically all, there's a bunch of brackets basically in my face holding that all together. And so they had to wire my mouth shut. And so I couldn't even really lip any words at that time. So they were just, everybody would just spell the alphabet to me and I would nod when they got to a certain little letter till I could spell out what I wanted. Wow. Because like I couldn't talk, I had the trach too. So that was the extent of my function when I was in the hospital. Um, I actually remember the first time my wife was like joking with me in the hospital one night. We had a little ice cream date. She went to Steak and Shake, got us a milkshake, and then we uh, were just hanging out. And I, she joked with me, and so I uh, kind of attempted to swing my arm at her, and we both just kind of looked at each other and were like, you just move your arm outwards at me. Wow. And, wow. So, yeah, we were kind of amazed by that. And so the extent of my therapy aside from getting ready to go home was really like moving my arms back and forth. My occupational therapist, Emily, would put my hand on like a little skateboard and I would just kind of drive my hand across the table and that kind of stuff. And then, you know, sitting up, that kind of thing. I wasn't even driving my own wheelchair. They set up a head array. So using my head to drive whenever I was at rehab for my loaner chair. But then luckily in the last, it was probably the last five days, uh, Emily pushed me to start driving my chair on my own. And so um, I was starting to drive my chair, but uh, when I went home, my wife was still driving my uh, wheelchair from attendant controls in the back. And then like the week of Christmas that year is when I finally started driving 100% on my own. So, I mean, I went home with a sea collar around my neck. I mean, I, I... came pretty far in a matter of like two months. And then about six months later is when I started feeding myself. And I mean, we're still finding new stuff every day, you know, starting to dress myself a little bit. And like I said, going to work and all that stuff come pretty far. Wow. That's amazing. How do you stay positive? Like uh, it sounds like you and your wife have just like a wonderful relationship that you can joke around with each other. Honestly, I I don't know where a positivity came from because I actually, I'm going to reference back to Aaron's podcast with you guys, because I remember she said something about she hated the fact that they automatically put you when you're in an accident like that, they put you on antidepressants. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I actually kind of attribute some of my stuff to that because I was in a pretty dark place before the accident, and then they just happened to do that. And I mean, I was all, I've always been a pretty chipper guy, but I haven't really had any, you know, struggles, I guess, with my my attitude I've just always kind of seen it as you know what what am I what it's not like I can change it now so yeah Yeah. like deal with the hand that you're dealt Yeah. yeah exactly wow good for you I mean I think it's so great that you know yourself and and Aaron are sharing these kind of stories because there are people probably out there who have just gotten this diagnosis or have you know been in an accident like this and they can turn to you guys to see like you know two, three years down the road that you guys are okay and you're, you're positive and, and you've been able to just keep going with your life and you're still, you know, going to school and working and things like that. And it's such a inspiration to other people. Yeah. That's kind of when I started seeing other people, you know, like Aaron who had helped me, I realized, you know, I could be that person for other people. And so I've had, you know, people here and there that come to me to ask questions. So it's been nice to be able to, you know, help people in any small way I can. 
Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Have you found that COVID has um, made things harder or, you know, I guess if you have appointments or PT or anything like that, has that been more of a challenge? Last year when it first started, I was still going to PT and OT. I ended up stopping for maybe a month or so. We we stopped. They stopped doing like all, you know, anything that wasn't deemed necessary. And I don't go to PT or OT anymore ever since I started with school and everything. I mean, full-time student and now full-time working as well. Yeah. It, I don't really see enough growth happening. Any Anytime I run into an issue, uh, I learned to overcome it myself. I, I was pretty quick whenever I was uh, doing PT and OT uh, yeah. and learning new things. And so luckily, I COVID hasn't like restricted me anymore in that way. Uh, other than that, I mean... It, I will say it's it did kind of hinder things. We were in the process of getting a manual wheelchair so that I could do more pushing myself around and things like that for my own PT at home. And it's been over a year now that we've been trying to do that. And I finally just got the order to go through this past week. So that's cool, at least. Oh, wow. wow. Yeah. Um, are you living close to your wife's family? Uh, when I first came home, we were living with my mother-in-law, but uh, we... Uh, about a month ago now, we closed on our own house, so we... Oh, good for you uh, guys. Yeah, thank you. We uh, live maybe five-minute drive from my mother-in-law and then another 10 or 15 minutes from both sister-in-laws, so... Nice. That's so good to be close like that. And yeah. is your, were either of you working at the time of the accident? I was working at um, a sports bar serving... And then my wife worked retail at the time. She was an assistant manager at a retail store. And like I said, going to school at uh, Indiana State, we were there. Wow. And then did you obviously, obviously you had to miss work, Mm -hmm. but did your wife end up leaving or did did she take a leave from work? Luckily, they were, uh, they worked with her and they gave her FMLA, I believe, to come be with me and learn how to take care of me and stuff like that. So that was pretty cool. Wow. Okay. Oh, wow. And what does she do now? Uh, she just got her, uh, she started a local bank uh, about a, a little over a year ago, graduated with three bachelor's degrees this past fall. Whoa, so wow. quickly moving up in the company there, she's starting training uh, to do some vice president stuff at a uh, one of the branches. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, I'm really amazing. proud of her at least. She starts her MBA next year too. <laughs> wow. Oh my God. You guys are busy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We try to keep busy. <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's really good. And are you, is there any like expectation that any of your physical function might improve or do you feel like where you are today is where you'll stay? I guess it really depends on, you know, what choices I want to make. I, I've thought about for my family's future, at least getting um, a tendon and, or nerve transfer so I can oh, get okay. a little bit more function in my uh, arms because I only have tenodesis on one side. The hope is if I got a tendon transfer, I could at least use both of my hands and possibly one of my triceps because of the strength that I have. That might be about all I can do. We're focusing on other things right now. Like we're, the goal is to have maybe a kid running around the house by next year. So, oh, that's so exciting. That's really exciting. Thank God for modern medicine. Like, yeah. like the amount, even like the facial reconstruction through the roof of your mouth the just the things they can do with modern science yeah is incredible and the fact that you could get like a tendon or nerve transplant Mm -hmm. is wild to me yeah i was 
shocked when I first heard about him. My uh, rehab doctor brought him up to me. I was, I guess I didn't really understand that that was a thing. You could just take tendons from places that, are, that your body's stronger and, you know, connected to other places that seems like some real sci-fi stuff. <laughs> yeah, totally. I mean, even just, and I think I've, I've said this before about some of our guests that were in accidents, it's like you need to learn a whole other language. You know, you have to learn about different medications and different parts of your body that maybe we didn't even know about before and, and functions of your body. It's just crazy to think that you need to like learn all of that stuff. When I'm at the doctor or in the hospital or anything and I'm like, I mean, most times uh, nurses don't even understand like some of the things that you know, come with spinal cord injuries. I mean, it's kind of rare in my area, so I get it. Yeah. Uh, I was like, oh, you have a pretty broad vocabulary for a uh, patient. I'm like, well, I mean, it's, it's life to me. It's not just a patient. Yeah. Yeah. You know? yeah. Yeah. You have to learn it almost to be able to even advocate for yourself too, right? Yeah. Unfortunately, like I said, I get it. it it's a rare, well, semi-rare thing, especially for my area. And so going to the doctor and all that stuff, I mean, I have to be very particular about how I explain things, how some of them, I mean, they don't fully understand some of the stuff I have to do at home. So I'm always, it's either me explaining or if I'm not all there to explain it, like has been in the past, sometimes my wife has to be there to spell it out for people. How do you find um, the accessibility in your area? Like when it comes to uh, ramps or going into stores or things like that? Do you f- find that they are equipped for wheelchairs? As far as getting in places, it's not horrible. Uh, being a little small town that has all these old buildings, uh, I understand that accessibility is not always feasible, but yeah. luckily the people are, you know, reasonable. They are all great. They will make any any effort that they can make, you know, to make things better for me, they do it for me. So Oh, that's really nice. Yeah, I'm pretty much like known by everybody around. They're like, okay, if it's Hayden, we can make something work out. I mean, heck, my my wife's grandparents have been some of the best people. They do anything. I mean, when we bought this house, it wasn't fully accessible. Uh, There's a good four, maybe even five inch, you know, step to get up into the door. But they went to the welding shop and got a ramp put together for us and welded we can't even, I can't even get into their house. And so they, uh, for the first holidays, we got four wheeler ramps and they oh. welded sheets to the top of the night. And I just take four wheeler ramps to get up in everybody's houses now. Wow. So not very, uh, you know, feasible for a lot of people, but you know, yeah. people like to, you know, include me around here, I guess. So absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Have you faced any discrimination or like, did you lose I don't know, any friends or did you feel maybe more isolated after becoming wheelchair bound? Yeah, I don't think I, I wouldn't necessarily say discrimination, but one of the hardest things I that you go through, I think, uh, is some of your friendships can be harmed by this. And I don't think anybody does it intentionally for the most part. The, the struggle I had was I, I mean, I was out of school for two years and so I really wanted all my old friends to, you know, come back and hang out with me all the time and all that stuff. But it, I had to quickly learn that it was my life that stopped. I can't expect everybody else to stop their lives so they can come hang out with me all day, every day, you know? Yeah. So that's hard. Everybody else was still in school or, 
working or anything like that, but I was, you know, just hanging out for a little while. So I think that's another thing that kind of drove me to, you know, get back in school and go back to work was, you know, I, I was sick of sitting around and having been the person who's seen every single thing on Netflix, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I bet. And, and what that, was it? And now we're all there after quarantine. We've seen it. Yeah. And what was it like um, looking for a job and applying for a job? Like, do you feel like, I don't know, that you have to disclose that you're in a wheelchair or because most of the time you're just submitting a resume? I think I did. I I didn't want to run into any issues in the future. And that's, that's kind of a good thing to explain, too, I guess, that a lot of people I know run into issues finding, you know, an employer that is accommodating and things like that. Um, and so I actually, before I got the job that I did, I applied at a, a good handful of places. And um, I basically, every time I would apply somewhere, I would send an email to HR or anybody that I could get a hold of and basically say, hey, to whom it may concern, I would always just say something along the lines of, I'm Hayden Kniser, nice to meet you guys. I am currently in school for this, and I so I don't have any experience, but I would love to, you know, work with your company. And then in the next paragraph, I'd just say, I'm permanently disabled and I any accommodations that are uh, needed, you know, the state of Illinois will actually help take care of those things for me. So I looked out there, but uh, I will say in that aspect, a lot of places I would actually get calls back and they would start to be like, oh, okay, so we saw your application. And then I'd be like, oh, okay, did you read the email that I sent you? And they're like, oh, what email? And they, uh, once I'd tell them that I was in a wheelchair, it was like the tone would change. Oh. Uh, they'd be like, oh, yeah, well, well, we'll keep you in mind while we're looking through these applications. I was like, right. oh, okay. But Stevens has been way different. I mean, Sarah from HR called me and said, hey, we saw you got your application in. And I was like, oh, okay, did you get me one? She's like, oh, yeah. I was like, okay, you know I'm in a wheelchair. Then she's like, yeah, it's no problem at all. We're, we have tons of disabled people that work here. It's no problem at all. And I was like, oh, awesome. Oh, wow. That's, That's really nice. Yeah. The first place that I felt seen, and so mm -hmm. I had two interviews, and I was hired within a week. So that's really great. Wow, that's really good. Yeah, yeah. So I lucked out there, but I think if I could give any advice, is to put yourself out there, and I mean, nobody don't don't go to a place that's that's not happy to hire whether you're disabled or not. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Like, that, I don't know you. I just love you and your wife. I just that's <laughs> like you guys are such a cute little family, and you've yeah. overcome so much in. Like you guys are so, so young, young and like yeah. newlyweds and it's just so nice that, yeah, you guys had each other and you stuck together and, you know, you're like making a life for yourselves. Anytime I do get down, Shane is the first person to kick me in the butt and say, hey, look, can't, you know, worry about these things forever. I mean, everybody has those bad days, but she's always the first person to pick me back up and metaphorically put me on my feet and send me on my way. You know, yeah, I would have. I think I would have been done with school after last semester with all the stuff that I went through. But, you know, she's like, hey, look, I'm working full time and doing it, too. So, yeah, we're doing it together. Yeah. I mean, I, I would have to imagine that there would be days where you're just, you know, you don't want to to work as hard as you have to work. Right. To do um, things that we probably take for granted. Right. That you you don't want to have to yeah. work that hard. But. Uh, it's so great that you have your wife. And I mean, you know, you are all obviously also deserve the credit for, for being a positive person and being able to, I don't know, just keep going with, 
with this injury and it's it's really inspiring you know like i said i not much i can do about anything now so i try and be as positive as possible i mean our our friends have been great with us too you know mm-hmm. any like we have our little friend group that they uh anytime that we run into any issues they're like okay what can we do to help take care of this and make this easier for you guys and a funny story about my wedding this year too i had a pretty bad uh uti the week of our wedding and um it just kept getting worse and worse and so the wednesday prior i actually woke up in the middle of the night suffering from my normal symptoms autonomic dysreflexia sweating headaches all this stuff and i woke up and i was like okay shane just put me in my wheelchair and i'll go sit out there and we'll call the ambulance they can take me to the hospital i can get some iv antibiotics everything's gonna be fine i was like you just go back to bed (laughs) and the ambulance got there and I know more than made it in the ambulance and I had a seizure in the ambulance. Oh so, God. Uh, I was in the hospital all that. Yeah, I was in, a ho- in the hospital all that week. Basically I needed to be there for like five days to get the IV antibiotic. And I just told my doctor on Friday night, I was like, look, I'm not going to be here in the morning. So <laughs> I, I'm, I'll get my, I'll get my last. He's like, okay, look, Hayden, like uh, it's fine. Like I, you will have to sign out against medical advice, but Get your la- at least stay here in the morning uh, or till the morning and get your last dose, your uh, antibiotic at five in the morning, go do your thing and then come back on Sunday. So my uh, two of my best friends, my best man and uh, one of the groomsmen showed up at 530 in the morning to uh, pick me up. We went straight to the barber and I got all cut up and cleaned up and then they got me dressed in my tux, you know, all my groomsmen and then met everybody at the church and got married and I was back the next day. But I mean, without them, I don't know what we would have done for the wedding. Oh, I love that. Oh gosh. Did you have a seizure because of like a high fever? They think that it was kind of a culmination of, I had had two different antibiotics that week. Mm-hmm. Uh, plus the infection being in my blood, I was basically going septic and oh, God. all of it kind of mixing together to one big bad storm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing that your friends are there for you and, and will do those things for you. That's that's really special. Yeah. yeah. All that I like people to know is that we're still the same people, you know, like yes. talk to us just the same. I mean, yeah, uh, that was yeah. one thing I did deal with when I came home is uh, constantly. I mean, we still get it to this day going out to eat, uh, you know, I'll take my wife on a dinner date and they'll get my wife's mm-hmm. order and then she'll they'll look straight at her and say, and what will he have? Like I'm oh, not sitting right God. there, you know. Yeah. Yeah. We're infantilized quite a bit, yeah. but yeah, know, we're, I mean, my brain's still fine. I lucked out there, you know, so we've heard that from I mean, almost everybody who sort of sustained a major injury that's reduced their mobility or changed their mobility is that people will look at them as if cognitively they've been affected too, yeah. even yeah. though they're, they're completely fine. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's something we need to work as a society of changing and educating people. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's why, yeah. like, constantly, we took my nephews out to bowl one day, and then I, it was almost like I was, you know, a celebrity because there's kids coming around getting all talking to me, and the parents feel kind of weird about. It. I was like, no, it's they're like if they're annoying, you just tell them to go away. I was like, no, I'm, I love answering all these questions. You know, I'd, yeah. I'd rather them ask me and not treat the next person they see in a wheelchair weird. Yeah, compared yeah. to you know, adults are the ones who make it weird. You know. <laughs> Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Kids will just ask the questions and they'll be blunt and they'll, you know, but it's good because that's, that's a great way for them to learn, like you said, how to treat 
the next person they see in a wheelchair or anyone else that's different from them, you know, to, to be able to have an open conversation without anyone feeling awkward or like they're being inappropriate. So yeah. I think that's yeah. great. Yeah. And like I said, in my hometown, I mean, I think you guys had kind of seen, I went to my old middle school and talked to all the like fifth through eighth grade there. And yes. we had like, I think like a month later there was a parade in town and I was just sitting there and all the kids are walking up straight. Oh, Hey, Hey, how's it going? Like we were all pounds. Like, that's know, really they, nice. They all, yeah. Every time all the kids see me around, you know, it was like we rolled pals or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's really great. Yeah. I love that. My gosh. Well, I feel like we need to have your wife on an episode now. To like... <laughs> we like it now for Shana's episode. <laughs> Um, that's really great. Well, we're so appreciative of you taking the time to chat with us and tell us your story. And, um, every, every episode we do, we always end up hearing from people saying like, wow, this was so relatable or, you know, I was really inspired by this piece of it. And I think all of our guests just are so special and, and they don't even realize sort of like the far reaches Mm -hmm. of their message, whether it's, you know, somebody with the exact same story or, just a piece of it that's relatable. So we're really thankful that you could take the time to do this. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm happy to do it. Awesome. Well, Hayden, thank you so much. I hope you enjoy the rest of your night and have a good week ahead. Yeah, you guys too. All right. Thank you so much. It was great meeting you. We'll talk to you later. Yep. Nice talking to you guys. Bye. Bye. Michelle, (laughs) you just referred to me as a fancy ham. (laughs) And (laughs) you're not wrong. I think that's a compliment. You're not just a regular ham, you're a fancy ham. <laughs> I was asking you about the ham you were cooking tonight for Easter dinner. Yes. And you said you have to put a glaze on it. I do. I said that's fancy, and then you called me a fancy ham. Exactly. We have <sighs> had too much sugar today. It's been too much sugar and... Lack of oxygen, yeah, I believe. Yeah, this, this clothis <laughs> is real... It's it's toasty. Clot. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to say hot closet. I regret ever combining words in I'm front of sorry, you. Because now I'm going to combine all the words. Oh my gosh. Well, you guys, thank you for listening. And I'm today's, sorry. Today's intro and outro has been just a hot mess. We won't do this again. Well, we probably will, but <laughs> maybe that's one of the things that makes us endearing. Exactly. Yeah. Love us, anyways. Love yeah. us despite our flaws. Yeah. So thank you to Hayden. And if you if you like this podcast, would you be so kind as to leave us a review? Specifically on iTunes or mm-hmm. like Apple Podcasts, Apple, yeah. but anywhere you get your podcast, because um, that's one of the ways the more review, the more good reviews, I should say, mm-hmm. the more five star reviews we get, um, the more we show up on people's searches. And that's how we grow. And that's what we want to do this year. And it would be so lovely. And if you haven't already, follow us on social media. We can be found pretty much everywhere at I Did Not Sign Up For This. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, join our Patreon. I already said that in the intro. but And join our Facebook group. Yeah. Well, yeah, we have a Facebook group where you can interact with us. And that's where we talk about episodes and all this stuff. So, you know what? I just hope you guys have a great day. Episode one of year two is not, <laughs> is not in our favor. It's not going great. So we will just <laughs> talk to you next week. All right. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.